It's a New York Knicks playoff special, counting down to the Eastern Conference semifinals game one. Now, here's Ty Butler. But right now, we are pleased to be joined by one of my good friends in the business. He's got a TV show. He's got a podcast. He's doing everything. It's Nick Wright of Fox Sports. What's up, Nick? What up, Ty? Thanks for finally inviting me on the show. Uh, you know, you used to come on my show all the time, uninvited, just turn your microphone on. And it took me a year and a half of you hosting to get an invite. But I'm glad I was finally able to do it since I'm all Knicks fans hate me. So it's a perfect timing. Good to talk so to can you. So we, can we start there, Nick? Uh, are you coming on yeah. here to apologize to Knicks fans because you said they were barely a playoff team, they were no threat, and somehow they're four wins away from being in the Final Four? Well, listen, favored to be uh, in, the, in the conference finals. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I... I was dead wrong about the Knicks. I, I, I have apologized. I will now do it again. I People said, oh, Nick, you're trolling for cl-. – guys, the, the, the saying the Knicks are not going to go on a deep playoff run is not the type of hot take that generates massive interest in a national television show. It's what I truly believed. I thought that the Knicks were fool's gold because – and this is, I guess, a compliment and an insult to Tibbs. He gets his players to play at a playoff intensity in the regular season and then when the of team you face in the postseason raises their game, the Knicks don't have another level to get to. It turns out that was the Cavs' problem, that the Cavs were a team that only had one level to get to, and the Knicks exposed that. And so, yeah. Listen, I was dead wrong about the Knicks. Now, I'm, I, you know, I also thought maybe they had a shot against the Cavs, but then I saw someone as brilliant and locked in as Ty D. Butler picking the Knicks in five, and so I felt, I mean, the Cavs in five, and I felt comfortable <laughs> with my Cavs in five pick as well. I felt like great minds. But, no, I got it dead wrong, and if you're a Knicks fan, which I assume most people listening are, as as vindicating and wonderful as that playoff victory was, there were parts of it that were actually more important than winning the series. R.J. Barrett finally stringing together some really high-level postseason moments is massive. Jalen Brunson for the second straight postseason being excellent is massive. And while, and now Knicks fans might get mad at me again, while I do believe that Donovan Mitchell, you know, in totality, is a better player than Jalen Brunson. It is somewhat undeniable right now that the Knicks ended up making the right choice. I know it wasn't always an either-or, but Jalen is close enough to Donovan that the fact that you got Jalen for just cap space, as would you rather have Jalen's production and all of those assets still there or Donovan's production, and Jalen was better in round one, obviously, and all those assets gone. The Knicks got the better end of that deal, and now they have their powders still dry to try to acquire a, another or a, a legit superstar. Yeah, Knicks fans should be thrilled, and they have a real, real shot in this series. So now that, I mean, you make all great points there, and that's now back to back playoff series where Jalen Brunson has outplayed thoroughly Don, Donovan Mitchell. So on this Knicks yeah, Heat. Can we stay there just real quick, real quick, Ty? One extra point on that because I know you want to go forward. Just last year, 
I gave Donovan not a pass, but it was just like, okay, he was over the Utah thing. He wasn't fully engaged defensively because he had been such a good playoff performer in his career prior to last year. This year, it should have been peak motivation Donovan Mitchell because he's the best player on a team, because they're the favorite in that series, because he's seeing on the other side of the little mini bracket that Milwaukee is shaky and Giannis is banged up and holy crap, we could be the team with home court because he's up against his hometown team. And the fact that he fell flat and Jalen rose to the occasion, that to me does make you rearrange where Donovan is. Even if I think Donovan overall is a better player than Jalen, where he is in the superstar hierarchy, like going into these playoffs, I thought Donovan versus Devin Booker was a very fair conversation, and it was probably leaning in Donovan's favor. I don't think anyone believes that at this point. Go ahead. Not at this point. Uh, But on this Knicks-Heat series, who are you picking to win and why? I'm struggling with this before you even answer. I'm struggling with how good Miami is. Are are they that good, or was that just a massive failure by the Bucs and everything that could go the Heat's way did? Giannis played 11 minutes in the first three games. Milwaukee had double-digit leads in the fourth quarters of games four and five and just fell flat. Or is Miami shot 45% from three? Are they that good, or was that just more about Milwaukee losing the series? Well, they're not that good. And Jimmy Butler is unbelievable, but he is not you know, the consensus best player in basketball, which is what he was in round one. Uh, Also, though, where Miami is that good and where I think we have to recognize they have a decided advantage over every team in the postseason is coaching. Spolstra is brilliant. He is the best coach in basketball he is hand down the best coach in the Eastern Conference. Ty Lu has an argument for what he's been able to do with the Clippers despite injuries and absences. And obviously Popovich, if he had a real roster, you love what he can do. But in the East, it's clearly Spo. And I think that is a huge edge for them. Here's the other thing, having watched Jimmy Butler with Miami, that I think is interesting. Now, this wasn't really the case so much against Milwaukee, kind of, but not totally. But Jimmy Butler is not going to be brilliant in every game of a series. It's almost as if he knows he only has so many great performances available to him, and he activates them in winnable games or in gotta-have-it games. You saw it last year. People talk about the finals run, which was unbelievable. And by the way, that entire bubble postseason that people try to discredit, the more we see the years that follow, all of those results make sense. The Lakers with a healthy LeBron and AD being awesome. The Nuggets being, when healthy, being a really good team. The Heat being one of the best teams in the East. The Celtics, those were your final four from the bubble. Those might be your final four again this year. Um, but last year, Jimmy Butler, down 3-2 to Boston, going to Boston, drops a 47-point game, and then in Game 7 plays all 48 and has a three-pointer at the end of the game to win it. He just missed it, and he was banged up in that series. I think 
Tibbs is going to do what Bud refused to do, which is force other players on the Miami Heat to beat the Knicks. And I don't know, especially with Hero out, that the Heat have that type of firepower. My concern would be, we don't know, and this again, Knicks fans will get mad at me, but I'm curious what your thoughts on this. We don't know right now if Julius Randle is playing, and I don't know, like, I, Julius Randle's status, I don't know how much that impacts my feelings, good or for bad, on the Knicks. Like, right, the, the, I, he is approaching certified playoff liability status, and I'm not sure anyone really could argue that. And so when a guy who's probably going to be your only all-NBA guy, it's not that dissimilar except the Kings have Fox for what the Kings are going through, where DeMontis Sabonis, a lot of people thought, was their best player this year. And when he fouled out of game six, I think a lot of people were like, well, that's good for the Kings. For the Knicks to win this series, Julius Randle has to be good. I don't know that he has to be great, but he has to be good. And my question is against Bam Adebayo and that Heat defense, can he be good? Well, and and, uh, against the Heat this season, during the regular season, he was fantastic. Including a, a forty, what a forty-six point performance down in Miami. Yep. I think most Knicks fans would agree with you, though. I'm taking a lot of calls today, and it, there are some people who are on that end of the spectrum where they're, they're like, you know, whether or not he plays doesn't really matter because they would prefer him he not play, just because sometimes he, you know, he's unselfish That's and he's cool. turnover prone and. You know, late in games, you don't really trust them. I don't agree with that, but some Knicks fans are just really down. Can I ask you a question, Ty? Go ahead. Let's do it. When we saw saw Jimmy Butler light up the best perimeter guard in the league, the best perimeter defender, pardon me, in the league, in Drew Holiday, just light him up and S-talking the whole time, who on the Knicks is drawing that assignment? I think if Quentin Grimes is healthy, he's going to be a guy that initially starts on him, and it looks like he's going to play today. And they're just going to throw a bunch of guys at him, Nick. This isn't going to be what the Bucks did, where Jimmy Butler is going to come down in single coverage, just just light him up. I think they're going to double-team him and, like you said, force Max Strews and Duncan Robinson and Caleb Martin to beat him. I don't think he's going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage throughout the series. Maybe in Game 1 you'll, you'll feel it out, but as the series progresses, I don't think the Knicks are going to give him the shot attempts where he can get up and, and have a 56-point performance. So you know this, but for the audience. So Quentin Grimes played on the same a high, high-level AAU team in Houston as my son. And that team had nine D1, high-major D1 players. And Quentin was the youngest player on the team by two years and was the best guy. And it was just from the first practice I was at, it was clear he was a pro. He was a top-five recruit coming out of Houston – Went to Kansas, a really weird year at Kansas. His first game at Kansas had, I think, a 30-10. and 10, And then something happened with him himself, and he got relegated to the bench, had to transfer, went to University of Houston. And, you know, a guy who was a projected top-10 pick heading into his college career ends up falling, falling in the draft having stayed in college. I love the kid. Love his family. Love his attitude. I and this was a guy that when the Knicks drafted him, I I remember texting Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer, and I said that might be the steal of the draft. Wow! Asking him 
to guard Jimmy Butler, and I know he's been unbelievable defensively. My God, that is a big challenge for a young player. You know what I mean? With a guy who's breathing fire out his eyeballs so far in this postseason, just did that to Drew Holiday. What I do like for you guys is the ability against the Heat to hide Jalen defensively because he's just, because of his size, going to be a defensive liability. And with the Heat, you can hide him on one of those undrafted guys. An odd key to this series, and this is where uh, you got to wonder what the Cavs were doing in just paying him to go away. Kevin Love. Oh, my God. Kevin Love. That made no sense. How many, right, of the teams that are left in the postseason, is there a single one other than maybe Denver that Kevin Love would not be getting significant minutes for? Like, every team could use Kevin Love right now. I look at the Suns with your beloved Kevin Durant. They would love to get 15 minutes off the bench from Love. For the, the Knicks, I understand they have a deep team, but if they wanted to be able to uh, spread the court a bit, add some shooting, maybe the Knicks it wouldn't fit with what Tibbs is trying to do. But so many – you know who definitely could have used Kevin Love? The Cavs. The Cavs. <laughs> and they paid him to go away. Um, it is – you usually do not – we get all excited about buyout guys when it happens. You rarely see buyout guys actually making an impact in the postseason. But Kevin Love's done it so far, and I and I wonder if that continues. And you rarely see the team that bought him out questioning whether or not they should have done that. We're talking to Nick yeah. Wright. We've got another big game today. I know you are you know, heavy on this series. Light Light in the- <laughs> game 7 in Sacramento between the Warriors and the Kings. And we know there's a lot riding on this series because – could mean the end of the dynasty. You know, Draymond Green's got a player option at 33. Could be looking for his last big payday. So I know you got the Kings winning this this, this game. So one, tell me why. But if the Warriors do, I, I, I'll ask you that next. Why do you have the Kings winning this game? Why are you so confident that a They're young better. team? They're better. That the Warriors They're are battle tested. They they've got the experience. Uh, they're champions. They still employ Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, who are just killers. Well, and Fox is playing with an injury. So, so I, I understand all that. Let me hear it. So here's the thing. The Kings are better. And if the Warriors had some extra gear, championship pedigree, we've been operating you know, at, at less than max capacity all year. If they had that, right? And you know what? They would have activated it for game six. Instead, they got blown out of their own gym. They were trailing the entirety of that game in game six, right? Yep. And that, to me, is wildly worrisome. The, 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 the uh, Warriors this year, if we take out the final two, game, two, three days of the regular season when people were just resting everyone, the Warriors this year – won one road game against a team that finished at or above 500. One. It was that they beat the Cavs back in the winter. That's it. They, now, you're telling me they're now going to beat Sacramento twice in five days in that building? It's not happening. And it, uh, so I, I also think Mike Brown has done a great job, and Mike Brown going small and saying we're just going to triple down on offense like he did in game six, 
I don't know what the Warriors' response to that is. I don't know what their counter to that is. So you ask me how confident I am. Ty, you saw the the uh, the bet I made and, and the money I won on the Kings' money line and the Lakers' minus four and a half. <laughs> I put – I took – this isn't a bet that I made, I but you saw the amount. I I That money is now spent because I have purchased – Front row, center court, game seven, Kings, Lakers, and Sacramento tickets. Wow. I'm going to Sacramento. That game is going to happen, and I'm going to be there to either see the former Kansas City Kings get to the damn conference finals or see the greatest player of all time in year 20 get to the conference finals. So that's how confident I am. Let's talk about the greatest player of all time. Uh, you're, you're talking about your guy, LeBron James. I, I texted you this the other day. We are talking to Nick Wright that if you are someone who isn't on the same, let's call it wavelength as, as a LeBron truther who says he's the greatest player of all time, you can be wowed by the end of this postseason run where he takes a seventh seed, you know, through the two seed Grizzlies, past Steph Curry, past Kevin Durant, and potentially past Tatum in the finals. And in year 20, after, you know, becoming the all-time leader in score uh, in points, he now adds ring number five to his resume. Well, listen, the, the, yeah, I mean, year 20, Kobe is the only guy to average more than 12 points per game. And Kobe, the late, great Kobe Bryant, Ty, you remember that year, he shot 35%. Yeah, it was awful. To his 17 points per game. He just, listen, after he popped his Achilles, he wasn't the same player. There's no shame in that. Kareem is the second most at 12 points per game. Dirk rounds it out at 10 or 11. LeBron averaged 29 a game. He's right now playing on an injury that would have knocked almost any player out for the year. He needs surgery on that foot. It's why he's shooting so many threes and shooting them very, very poorly right now because he doesn't trust that foot to repeatedly drive to the basket. This team, though, if they, if they were to win the championship, it now, it, in my opinion, when it comes to the greatest player ever, that no longer is able to be a debate. Who had the greatest NBA career ever? It, every answer is going to end with LeBron James. If people want to turn, change the debate, which is what they will do, to who had the highest peak, I would argue 2013 LeBron James with a 27-game winning streak could, should have won Defensive Player of the Year uh, you know, hit the game-winning jump shot in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. That was a pretty high peak. You know, it, 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 call me crazy. But if people want to change it to who had the highest peak and say that's Jordan, so be it. But when it comes to peaks, then all of a sudden you're bringing in Shaq and other guys who had insane peaks but didn't have the requisite career. The fact that we are still seeing this at this level and that the single – biggest shot anyone has made this postseason was made by 38-year-old LeBron James over the defensive player of the year in a shot that won them the series against Memphis because Memphis was dead after that. 
it's it's just beyond words remarkable what we're seeing. It's been enough to turn for the audience doesn't know. Ty Butler once upon a time adamant LeBron James hater. I think Adam <laughs> like is the thirteenth greatest player ever when I met him, and he's come around now. Well, I mean, if, if he can if he can soften Ty, you can soften anybody. Well, listen, I'm just impressed that LeBron James, who you know some people tell me is so deathly af- afraid of shooting free throws at the end of games, decided to go at the Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron yeah. Jackson Jr. on that layup. So I'm just shocked that that happened. Uh, but Nick, uh, I know we got to go. Speaking of Defensive Player of the Year, that's fine that he won it. It's fine. Marcus Smart won it last year. Whatever. I'm telling folks, for young viewers out there or listeners who watched game six of Lakers-Grizzlies, what you saw from Anthony Davis, that performance right there was what prime Akeem Olajuwon was like. And Knicks fans obviously know Akeem because he broke their hearts in 94. But that shot erasure that we saw throughout the – that was as good of a defensive performance in a series that we have seen from any singular player since Prime Akeem, who's the greatest defender of all time. AD's defense in that round one was his on historic levels, and the Lakers honestly have to have that continue if they're postseason. I mean, listen, when you talk about peaks, you, you did it for, you know, Jordan and LeBron. If if we just simply look at everyone in the NBA, their peak defensively, I think Anthony Davis is as good as anyone, if not the best defensive player in basketball. 100% agree. Quickly, uh, so you're not as high, and just, just to throw a football nugget in here real quick, you're not as high on this Aaron Rodgers you know, the move to the Jets as most of us are. Uh, I don't know if that's Chiefs fanboyism or you're just thinking he's washed. What What's going on with this Aaron Rodgers well, la- listen, lack of respect? With, it's got nothing to do with being a Chiefs fan. I, the Chiefs are competing with for Super Bowls. The Jets are going to be competing for a wild card spot, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, because I you're so high see, on the Bills. I mean, you can't see them no, possibly losing no, this division. I, no, mate, listen, no. You know what? The... the they could win the AFCs. I, they wouldn't be my favorites. They wouldn't be my pick. They could, though. But I do not. Here's my concern for the Jets. It's threefold. First one is this. Year to year, how great your defense is fluctuates massively, much more so than offense does because so much of having a great defense is on those, those swing plays, forced turnovers, who falls on fumbles, those types of things. So the, it is on the board – that the Jets' defense, even with Sauce a year older and Quentin Williams so awesome, that the Jets' defense goes from being one of the three best defenses in football to, like, the ninth best defense in football. That happens all the time just because of the variance on that side of the football. So that's my first concern. My second concern is in-game, I have been, let's call it, wildly unimpressed with Robert Sala. I think a lot of us, there's... A lot of the game management stuff, I think he has not yet buttoned up. Now, maybe he will in his third year as a head coach. I don't know. And then lastly is this. There is an element, to bring it back to LeBron for a moment, where we are going to see other NBA guys age normally, and we are going to be disappointed and have expected more out of them because of what we just saw from LeBron. 
That same thing to me is already happening in the NFL thanks to Tom Brady. 40 years old, you're done as a quarterback. All of NFL history. There was one good Brett Favre season. There is half of a good uh, Drew Brees season. And, and then there's five Tom Brady seasons or whatever. I, it, it, Rogers, who turns 40, is going to be in a new environment in, uh, a, to me, a very competitive division. The idea that this all of a sudden makes the Jets a 13-4 and four Super Bowl contender, I don't buy. I understand why they made the move. I don't begrudge them making the move. I, it makes sense. You had, you had the worst quarterback situation in the league last year. I get all of that. But the Super Bowl stuff, to me, is a couple bridges too far. Listen, if, if there was more time, I, I would argue with you. But here's what we can do. I want you to put a massive bet on these two games today. Take your earnings sure. and then do a like future purchase like you did Kings-Lakers Game 7. Future per- yeah. purchase, AFC Championship game, Chiefs at MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets. Chiefs at well, the, the Chiefs don't play road playoff games. They never have. <laughs> I mean, you've got as many road playoff starts as Patrick Mahomes. It's the Arrowhead Invitational, baby. Listen, we, I, we the only time the Chiefs have to travel in the postseason is to go to the Super Bowl. So that just seems foolish. And I'm not betting these two games. Say I don't have a great feel on them. I I, I, I well, that's not true. I've already bet the Kings. But I don't have a great feel on this next heat game. You know how I feel about you, big bro. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. Much love to you and enjoy the games today. I'll see you soon for uh, Lakers second round action. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, keep crushing it. Uh, and for the ESPN New York listeners, I interned uh, there once upon a time about 15 years ago. Nothing but love for all the folks there. Um, I know it's tough times in the radio business. Uh, but I got a lot of love for the people who are there currently and the people who, who were there very recently and no longer there. So appreciate all you guys and continued success, Ty. Thank you so much, man. We we appreciate that. Yep. That was Nick Wright. Uh, get him on on Twitter, at get, get, at get Nick Wright. He's got a popular TV show. He's got a popular podcast, so check him out. 800-919-3776. We will get back to your phone calls. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, and Instagram as well. We are inching closer to tip-off. 90 minutes away from the Knicks and the Heat at the Garden. It just feels differently. It hits differently when the Knicks are good. And right now, they're pretty good. Four wins away from an Eastern Conference uh, Finals appearance. 800-919-3776. We get back to your phone calls right here on 987 ESPN. It's a New York Knicks playoff special. Counting down to the Eastern Conference semifinals game one. Now, here's Ty Butler. So you'll hear Pat O'Keefe at 1230. Knicks and Heat, 1 o'clock tip-off at 1 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Unfortunate news, Woj just reported that Julius Randle is not expected to play this afternoon dealing with that re-aggravated left ankle injury. So the Knicks will have to find a way to win without him. It is odd, it is startling to me that most fans are, are, are now hearing that either their first or second best player on the team is out and really doesn't cause their confidence to waver at all. I I think most Knicks fans would contend that they still feel great about this game and great about the series, 
you know, regardless of what the status uh, is for Julius Randle. So uh, he's not expected to play today per Woj, and it looks like um, maybe Josh Hart will, will, will make his way back into the starting lineup. 800-919-3776. Let's go to DJ Juanito calling from the city. Yo, Juanito, what's up, man? You're a big Nick fan. You got to be feeling good today. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling I'm feeling ecstatic. I feel electrified. I mean, the city's amazing right now. The love. You know, the NBA does well when the Knicks win. I'm feeling that love going around the city, man. You know, I just heard you say, talk about uh, Randall not playing, but the Knicks is not all about one player, man. It's about the whole team, the whole roster, the depth of the roster, like the strength. And, and you know, they're so, you know, intangible. They could do anything at any moment. And, you know, Barrett has come alive this postseason. You know, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm enjoying the product. And I, honestly, without Randall there, I think it, it, it might trip up the Miami's uh, strategy of how to, like, beat us. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, they don't have that star player, but now you don't know what we're going to come with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, your plan might change a little bit. So it, it's I think it's a positive in one way if you look at it, man, but it sucks not to see, you know, our guy um, on, not on, on, the, on the playing court today. Man, so I, I'm excited that if, you know, because I, I, I tune into your program, so I just want to see the type of energy, the type of firepower you bring if the Knicks do win this game today, listening to you this week on on the radio, how hype oh, you going to be. Oh, I've been talking crazy. <laughs> oh, man, listen, listen. The Knicks faithful definitely calls in. Shout out to Luke Blogger, who always contributes uh, with his energy on the show. But, but I'm ecstatic, man. Like, it's really, you know, by Spider. Bye, Spider. <laughs> you know, we were that type of energy. You know, we, we, we saw what we could do without the guy that everyone claimed that we needed him. Um, but late, th- thank God we didn't, you know, we passed that challenge. Now we're on to a new challenge, which is uh, a blast in the past, a rival that, you know, we can't, you know, not forget. And every time we get to a certain place uh, in the playoffs with the Miami Heat, there's always one thing that kind of like, oh, if we didn't get, if Charlie Ward never got thrown out in a fight, yeah. That could have been our year. You know what I'm saying? Like it's those small something. little things. You know what I'm saying? It's always something. And um, but listen, it, it's a different, different time, different ever, different coach, different mindset. And I, I think the depth of our roster is amazing. Um, everyone could c- could come out and you know pull out a three, make a stop. You know, like yeah. Like, you know, listen, Randall's- Juanito, I just got one last question for you, man. You so you Nick right, fans have waited pretty much your entire lives to, to get to a point where you could experience this type of, like, apex-level uh, happiness and joy. You really going to allow Ebro to pull up to the parade? Man, he's not a Nick fan. That's supposed to be for people Yo, who man. earned their stripes. You going to allow him to pull up to the parade? He didn't earn it? I understand. Yo, he's, he's such a bandwagon, but he's not a Knicks fan. Don't he, let the smoke fool he was you. Just, he was just claiming to be a Nets fan. He was he was a Nets fan. Now he's back to rooting for the Lakers. You gonna let him pull up to a Nick parade? Oh no, he's not. No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stop that bearded, bald headed guy, hairy guy at the gates. He's not allowed. I make sure security uh, keep a watch over. If we have to hire Secret Service. That's going to be happy. But listen, before we get to the parade, before we get to that, we got to make sure we handle our business on game one yes, today. 
And um, you said you said our Knicks fan. So you saying you're not a Knicks fan? No, what, what, you, what know you, La- you know I'm a Laker fan. You know I'm not a Knicks oh, fan. I'm just here. God, I'm just why? here. For, I'm, I'm just here for the party and the shenanigans. I, I'm just here to. Why, Ty? To, why? Why, Sway? Why? Listen, Kobe. Col- oh, you know, Kobe was my my dude growing up. That's why I fell in love with basketball. Okay. So that, that it okay. is what it is, Juanito. But I appreciate you you tuning into the program and calling in, man. It's always it's always good and always love to to see and talk to you, bro. Enjoy the game today. Always, man. You do a great job. I love what you do, man. Keep it up. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. 800-919-3776. Yo, if the Knicks do get to a point where they're having a parade, you're going to have to fill out an application in order to be involved in in, in a party because this, this is a fan base that has been abused for so long. You can't just pull up not having earned it. You you can't just show up to the parade dancing and you know having a good time if you weren't with us during the struggles. And us, meaning, you know, Nick fan. I'm not a Nick fan, obviously. Let's go to the Bronx and talk to Buddha. Been waiting patiently. Buddha, you, you want to get on me about uh, about a lot of things. So 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 let me hear it, man. What, what's going on? <laughs> you know something? Stop it. Stop trying to read my mind. Listen, I'm getting DMs. <laughs> I'm getting DMs. It, it's 12 o'clock at night. I'm trying to go to bed. I'm putting I'm putting my two kids to sleep. I got a radio show in the morning. I hear here comes DMs from from Buddha about Nuggets Sons. I told you so. So listen, you pulled up to the program. What, what you got, bro? All right, listen. You know, first of all, this last hour and a half or so, listen, this show, this show is on fire, man. I got you know I got to show love when love is due. Thank you, bro. Kyrie Williams, Kyrie Williams, what up, baby? Congratulations. He's a legend. Behind the scenes yes, on the station, got a lot of love for that brother. You know what I mean? Um, listen, Nick Wright, your boy, came on here, made some very salient points about the Aaron Rodgers thing. I agree with Dave, who called in, and also Nick, who followed up with that. Very salient points about the Julius Randle stuff. Won't dive too much into that. But I'll just say this much in terms of these Knicks and this Heat thing here. Now, you know, like you said, you're 100% right. You know, Eric the Dragon Spolstra is a better coach than Tom Thibodeau, but he's working with less. Yep. So that neutralizes that. That neutralizes that. So that makes this a 50-50 affair. The Knicks have too much depth. And, um, listen, playoff Jimmy Butler, is he's a, he's a beast. You know, there's no way to deny that. But what happens is with guys who, you know, carry a team like that, you know, the defense is better than Hero is out, but they need a little bit more offense, and yep. you can't count on Kyle Lowry. He's an older guy. So I think eventually Jimmy Butler's usage rate is going to come back to haunt Miami. But yeah, now with the need, usage they, rate... They're going to need more firepower out of... And, and they shot they shot 45% from three, and they're just not you know built like that. And you, you wonder if there's going to be a regression to the mean, and if it does come... That's that's good. That's where most of their offense came from last series. So how are they going to get that if they don't have the guys who can be shot creators outside of Jimmy and maybe Kyle Lowry, and, and you don't have Victor Oladipo, you don't have Tyler Hero, so you're really dependent on these undrafted free agents to come in here and help send you to the conference finals. Yeah, that's tough. Now let's look at the Western Conference, though. Okay. And listen. I, 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 see, one thing about me, I'll admit if I said something that was wrong or it turns out wrong, whatever. Listen, you were right about the Lakers and their dangerousness. But the whole thing I was basing on was AD. You're giving me 37 or you're giving me 17. I think that's, you know, the, the difference in their team. And the fire has been lit underneath him. So now when I'm looking at 
in here, and I agree with you also with the Warriors and the Kings, this is a toss-up. That's why I disagree with what Nick was saying. I can't definitely say the Kings are winning this game. This is a toss-up. If the Kings win, Lakers are going to the Western Conference Finals. Mm. If the Warriors win, then we have a little bit of a discussion. I because I don't like the way the Lakers match up with the Warriors as opposed to with the Kings. But let's go to what I DM'd you about, my brother. <laughs> let's go there. This is and I'm not going to listen. There's always a lead-up. There's always a build-up. Let's start with the pleasantries. We get the compliments out the way. Let's start with the stuff we agree on, and then we punctuate it with the I told you so. Let's hear about Nuggets Suns last night. It was a statement win by Denver. All right. You know, listen, bro, and, and, and I say this, and I mean this respectfully, and I just like to poke jazz you. I told you because I respect your sports knowledge. And I respect you as a human being and as a man and as a father. And, I, you know, and, and I mean, you make me very proud. Thank you, bro. Uh, you're, you're, you're not a player. But on this radio station, you do crush a lot. But with this, with, with this situation here, this is where line. I disagree with you. That's a good line. Listen, this is what, but it's the truth, though. But this is why I disagree with you in terms of the, this series. Now, if you were going to tell me that the Suns had some form of a bench, not even a great bench, some form of a bench, I would always, I'm a fool not to say to you that, KD and Devin Booker could outshine Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Porter Jr. But again, the same thing like we talked about with Jimmy Butler, the usage rate. What ha- it's not about whether the Suns have better talent. They're going to burn these guys dry. You see it. KD, Booker, they're going to burn dry. By the- this is going to go six games, bro. Then it's not even going to go seven games. The Nuggets are going to the conference finals, and it has nothing really to do with what I just saw last night. I'm looking at even when they were playing the Clippers. The Clippers had nobody, and they were still close in those games just because of the usage rate. A human being is a human being. They're not a machine. KD is 30 plus. I get it. Listen. What is it, 35? Come on. I, I get it, Buddha, and I appreciate the call. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the energy. Once we get to the portion of a game where we're asking for Bismack, Biombo, Landry, Shamit uh, to play significant minutes of a playoff series, we're in we're in troubled waters. I found myself so Nick was on the, on the show. We were at the Nets game, uh, game three, Nets Sixers, and I say to him, I know it sounds silly, but you know, the Suns really miss campaign right now. And now I think about it. Yes, that's true. But when the team is missing camp, no disrespect to campaign, but when you're missing campaign and you are giving high leverage playoff minutes to Bismack Biombo and Landry Shamit, you might be in a little bit of trouble. I still think the Suns uh, win that series against the Nuggets because the combination of, of the, their, their forward eight and CP3 Booker and, and KD, I think will prove to be too much. But it's a legitimate reason to you know to be questioned. It's a legitimate question to have about the Suns, uh, their depth. 800-919-3776. Back to your Nick phone calls uh, right here on 9870 ESPN. It's a New York Knicks playoff special. Counting down to the Eastern Conference semifinals game one. Now, here's Ty Butler. So I want to address something real quick before I get back to the phone calls. 800-919-3776. Got a tweet from at Dom Serini. He says, how do you not say Josh Hart is going to guard Jimmy Butler when Nick Wright asked who was going to guard him? Josh Hart has defended him better than everyone who has guarded him this year, and that is statistically a fact. I was talking to Nick about guys who were starting. 
So I, I was assuming that if Quentin Grimes is healthy, he's going to be inserted back into the starting lineup. And of the guy starting, he would draw the assignment because, you know, Josh Hart comes off the bench. Now with the Randall injury, who knows what's going to happen to the starting, starting unit. Uh, but obviously, Hart is going to see a ton of time on Jimmy. Quickly would draw the assignment. Grimes would draw the assignment. He's going to see some double teams, especially in pick and roll action. They'll look to trap him and get the ball out of his hands. They're going to have a much better defensive game plan that is more sound uh, as opposed to what Mike Budenholzer did with Milwaukee. 800-919-3776. we got a ton of home calls and just an, a half hour to play with, so we'll run through these really quickly. Let's go to uh, Steve and Chappaqua to talk. What's up, Steve? Hey, Ty, you know, I, I'm going to do a, a little turn from what I told the producer. I I, I, I think you're amazing. Yeah. Thank you, man. I consume a lot of sports talk radio. Can you give us a little bit about your background and how do you consume sports and what do you source? What do you go, do you go to athletic every day? You know, where do you get your sports information? How, how, how does uh, Ty Butler operate? Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the call. I appreciate the love, Steve. Uh, well, listen, you know, ESPN does a great job with, the, with what we call hot list. They send us an email every every hour with the biggest story. So I consume that. I listen to a lot of radio, DPH on Rothenberg and Greeny and, you know, Barton Hahn, K-Show, all the way through Grasa. I'm listening to, you know, ESPN New York tonight. I'm listening to all the programs and it, it helps drive what the conversation is i see what other people think i do a lot of reading i'm on twitter i'm on instagram i'm talking to people I'm, you know i'm having a lot of conversations and of course i watch a ton of basketball and baseball and football and i consume as much hockey as i can shout out to the rangers who won last night i go to games so there's a there's a lot of a lot of things that go into preparing for these these shows but you know the producers do a great job arming me with the ammunition needed uh to come on here and and, and spit some knowledge to you guys we go to new rochelle we talk to mo what up mo What's up, Ty? Are you able to hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What you got? Great, great show, man. Great show. Thank it's you, man. A phenomenal job, man. And I think you described it. I mean, you already kind of said what I was going to say in terms of uh, Jimmy Butler and the Knicks. I think we win it in five. I was going to say four, but I don't want to be overly aggressive. <laughs> I don't think Miami Heat. Wait, wait, hear me out. Nah, say, I'm listening. Say, you got I'm listening, bro. I think the Miami Heat, they don't have the firepower. I, I think if you know. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, he's a defensive coach. He, he he's coached uh, Jimmy Butler in the past. He's gonna put the stranglehold on that on that entire thing he has going on. He's not skilled enough to uh, withstand that type of defensive pressure. I think the Knicks is gonna have to play team defense around them, and Miami doesn't have the shot creators to withstand that type of defense. So I, I'm thinking five. If he goes four, great. I don't think it go longer than five. My, uh, Spolstra is gonna try to exploit Jimmy Butler. But he doesn't have the skill set necessary to wish them that type of defense. Well, listen, I appreciate the call, Mo. Appreciate the love. I, I think Jimmy Butler can be fantastic in this series, and the Heat still lose uh, you know, in five or six games because the Knicks are just a deeper team. Um, as far as your Knicks in four prediction, I'll say this for Miami. It, with no Julius Randle today, this is a game you have to have. You, you steal home court advantage right away, and you put the Knicks in a situation where they're in a, I don't want to call it a must-win game two, but you don't want to drop the first two games at home. So Miami, if there's any path to winning this series, uh, the one that is created for them has to do with winning game one with no Julius Randle. We go to Jersey to say what up to Jerome. Hey, Jerome. Hey, how you doing, fella? What's going on, man? Good, good, good. Listen, man, you know, I, I was privileged enough to 
be alive to watch all of those Nick rivalries back in the in, in the nineties and the in the last half of the eighties and the two thousands. But you know what, man? I'm thinking that um, you know, as long as Riley is in Miami, I'm still thinking that uh Miami tries to pull something out they hat and try to try to bully one of the younger Knicks into making this, you know, one of them one of them rivalries again, you know, something where somebody's gonna try to fight or something like that. You know what I mean? They got some more seasoned players, you know, with more playoff experience. So I don't I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get under one of our younger guys' skin and try to make something happen. Yeah, I could but, I, I, you know with Go ahead. Can you see that? Can you yeah, I can see, see that happening. I can see that happen. Appreciate the call, Jerome. I, I, I can see that you're going to get a different uh, level of play with this veteran Heat team as opposed to the, you know the softness you got with the Cavs. And that's no disrespect to the Cavs, but they don't have a ton of playoff experience. Led by Jimmy Butler and Eric Spoelstra, Bam, and, and the whole crew, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, a ton of playoff experience. So I, I think you'll see that become a factor. I just think the Knicks will be overpowering. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to continue doing the rest of this show. We're going on until 12:30. Shout out to Anita Marks uh, who allowed me to sit in her seat today. She gave you on the tee this morning, and I was brought. To you by Galloping Hill Golf Course. So we got 30 minutes to play with 800 919 3776. We are leading you into game one of Nick's Heat. Ty Butler going until 1230 right here on 9870 ESPN.